evening, everybody, and welcome back. You are listening to The Whole Nine on Blaze Radio and blazeradioonline.com. I am your host, Anthony Remedios, alongside Sammy New. We've got a lot to get to today. Glad you were with, with us. Glad to be here with you. Uh, we're going to talk about the World Series. We're going to talk about Bob Melvin being hired as the manager for the San Diego Padres. We have some breaking news uh, that was released to us earlier today. Um... That is both uh, very personal to us that we are going to talk about. And then we're going to get get into um, some award predictions towards the end of the show. Sammy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It was a kind of a bittersweet day today. Uh, and first day without baseball, uh, officially, with no baseball in the future coming up. And Buster Posey just had to retire on that day, same day. So, you know, it's been kind of a rough day baseball-wise for me. And but, there's been... Some just very, very sad, tragic news in the NFL world as well. Yeah. We're not going to get into that on the show. I mean, a bunch uh, of stuff happening in the sports world. I, the first day after baseball season is always a bittersweet day because it's, it's got the shortest offseason, but, man, there's that offseason feels so long. Yeah, um, it does. I mean, especially when you get – it's like when you get January, it's where has baseball been? Exactly. And then you're so excited to watch spring training games, and then you watch one of them, and it doesn't come back, and you never watch another one, you know? Right. Because <laughs> that's just the classic spring training. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to get this show started. Me too. So let's go ahead and get started. Uh, let's talk about these last four games of the World Series here. Uh, the Braves. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. They and uh, shout-out to our Braves fans here at Blaze. We have Peyton Gallagher, Ethan Ryder, um, among others. So if you're a Braves fan, congratulations to all of you. Um, sorry for any of the Astros fans that are listening to this. Uh, shout-out Zach Woolley and others. Um, that's, I mean, no, no harm in saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say before we get into the Braves here, poor Dusty Baker. Um, yeah. it is, it, as much as maybe neither of us wanted the Astros to win, um, too bad that Dusty still, all these and years later. probably going to retire, potentially. Very, very likely. We'll may, see. Mm, I don't think he's going to retire quite yet. I was hearing earlier today in the, uh, before all the, Giants and Buster Posey news had dropped that uh, that Dusty is likely to he's going to be talking to the Astros this week and probably sign another short term extension really? for another year or two. Gotcha, that's good because I huh. I think I saw something that was brought up that like the you know how the managers of the World Series manage the All Star Game and I didn't know what happened if the manager retired after the. After winning the world or playing in the World Series, I wasn't sure. Did, did he come back to retire one to manage one game? Did his bench coach do it? Did his replacement do it? You know, I don't know. But yeah, good so, thing we don't have to hear about that. Hopefully, cross our fingers that Dusty Baker is back. We'll see. We'll see some more. We'll picks. get some more word on that as the next week goes on, and hopefully, be able to cover that next week or the week after. Um, so we'll we'll keep you all up to date on that. Um, but let's let's get into this series. Uh, the bra- Just to kind of recap and set the stage for where we were when the show left off last week. Uh, last week we had Kerry Crowley on the show to talk to us um, a little bit about the World Series um, after Sammy and I did our, uh, did our discussion. Um, which, by the way, um, a special announcement that now all of our shows, all, uh, this will be, at, this is episode eight, all eight of our episodes um, of the whole nine are now up on Spotify Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. So if you missed any of those, especially last week's discussion with Kerry Crowley, a uh, Giants beat writer, um, full-time, part-time radio host up in the Bay Area, um, and also a Cronkite alum, uh, definitely go and check those out. Um, But when we left the show last week, the series was tied 1-1. to Game 2 had just finished. Um, And so let's kind of take um, our listeners, Sammy, on a journey of what happened since then. Game three and four, the Braves uh, took uh, took the wins in those two to nothing in game three and three to two in game four. Very close games. Houston dominated on Halloween Sunday night with game five. I wouldn't say dominated. We'll get in that game in a second. Actually, that that game yeah, was back and forth. That game crazy. was back and that forth. That game was too. pretty crazy. Um, but, nine, um, nine five was the final score of that one. And in game six last night, Tuesday night, Atlanta sealed the. Sealed the World Series with a seven nothing victory over Houston. So, yeah, let's dive in Game Three here, quick. Just uh, this was the game to refresh you guys' memory, where Ian Anderson has a no hitter through five innings, and they decide to pull him. He has seventy three pitches, and they go 
nope, we're cam to the third part of the order, we're done, moving to the bullpen. <laughs> and especially, I think, obviously it worked out. They shut out the Houston Astros, they were in 2-0. to zero. But I think it's still an odd decision in the context of the series, right? Because Ian Anderson I don't, doesn't pitch again the rest of the series. And two, um, you give more looks to your bullpen to the Astros knowing you're throwing two bullpen games the next two days. In game four and five, mm-hmm. the Braves expected to throw two bullpen games. So why not just let Anderson go as long as he can, you know? Um, obviously it works out. They win game three, they win game four. Bullpen looks tired in game five and give up nine runs. What do you th- what do you think? Yeah, um, I agree with you there. Um, I don't really have anything too in-depth on that. So, but you so the the game's changed, right? You have a no-hitter in five, through five innings, only yep. 70 pitches. I remember you're gonna, that. You're going to leave Actually, them didn't in. didn't that go through? Every other, like, didn't no, that go through, like, it was like five. No, no, no. It was like five. That's the, right. No hitter then, went through a while, but and he, then, Ian Henderson's part got taken out. That's right. Okay. Yes, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah, he gets taken out with a no hitter. At I just don't. Baseball's changed so much in the last like, I, even seven years, right? You think, you think Bruce Bochy's gonna take Madam out in yeah. game game five, game three of the World Series with a no hitter in? No. You think Ned Yost is gonna take whoever? Uh, I don't even know who he had Johnny Cueto out. No. Well, here, here's the thing. Just in general, the the um, pitchers just don't go the distance anymore. We saw that all year. We've seen that the last uh, couple years. Um, I do fantasy baseball a lot, and I'm sure you do too, Sammy. And one of the categories that I give points to in my league that's actually a significant amount of points um, is quality starts. And quality one. starts have gone down in recent years. Um, yeah. That's, for me, kind of a big measure on how effective is a pitcher and how how good, how dominant is said pitcher. Yeah, I think quality starts is definitely a better stat than wins because wins is just you can throw you can lose a game one to zero, right? And get the loss. Um and you could win a game like with giving up nine runs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you win ten to nine. Yeah. Um but I think quality starts is definitely just the pitcher, right? If you go six innings, then you got that quality start. Um, but, um, yeah, Ian Anderson doesn't even get a quality start here. He doesn't even go six. So. Yeah, and I, I will uh, just full disclaimer here, uh, especially on uh, Friday and Saturday, I did not get a chance I did not get a chance to watch a lot of these games because mm-hmm. I had some other stuff going on. I um, was hanging out with some friends, and Friday night I was covering some high school football, so yeah. I was not able to watch um, too much of either of those two games. But, yeah, I mean, Anderson, Anderson looked really good. The scoring was limited, obviously, only 2-0 um, to zero with, um, I don't think, any home runs, if, uh, if I'm mistaken. Um, uh, we'll check here. Oh, yeah, um, a, two, um, a home run off of, uh, in the eighth inning by Travis Darno off of Kendall Graveman, who looked really bad after getting traded from Seattle, by the way. Not uh-huh. good Kendall Graveman after. He did. Yeah, he didn't look yeah, great. Yeah, I agree. Um, but moving on to game four. This one was a tight one. Atlanta barely squeaks out three to two with a um, with a um, uh, a bullpen game. Wins a bullpen game here, and those are those are always big. Uh, Kyle Wright gets the majority of the innings with a uh, 4.2 innings, but they let off the game with uh, Dylan Lee. He's the he's the I think he's the pitcher with the least amount of experience to ever start a World Series game. Which is crazy. He he got one out, gave up a hit. I think it was a home run. And he got yanked. So I mean, not a great um, not a great start for uh, Dylan Lee. But you know, it's all right. In the yeah first inning, uh, Carlos uh, Carlos Correa I think uh, grounds out, runs scores. Uh, second and then in the fourth, Houston extends their lead two to zero. Um, that was a uh, was yeah. That, was that a home run? Yeah, home run by Altuve. Oh, yeah, in the fourth inning. That's right. And then sixth, uh, scores two runs from an Austin Riley single, um, or one run, and then a home run by Danzy Swanson, who could have won MVP, by the way. But uh, Jorge Soler wins it. And then Jorge Soler, (laughs) it's the game-winning home run. So everything Danzy does better does, Jorge does better, you know. That's Mm kind of what happened here. Um, But good, good. Braves win game three, game uh, four, or whatever it's called. And then game, game four. five. Uh, game? This is really These were some game. long games, too. I'm, I'm looking at the box score right the, now. The commercials, right? There think? is commercials because it's on national television. But even still, um, 
345 was the was the time of the game for game four alone. And it was 324 in game three. Game five was four hours. Yeah, I remember that. I remember um, game f- four hours exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is a crazy game. If you just look at the uh, overall, like, predictions, like, winning percentage of the World Series, there's an explanation called WPA, which is World Series percentage adjusted like winning percentage adjusted but it's just for the world series right okay and it what what it does is it changes it evaluates a play determining how that affected your percentage to win the world series right so say you're down three two in the bottom of the ninth of game seven of the world series and in a two-run home run so your percentage to win the world series was probably like five percent okay two strikes two outs kind of like david freeze moment in a way Right, right. Uh-huh. He hits the home run there. That home run's worth, say, a hundred percent, World Series percentage adjusted. You know, okay. because that's how much it changed your odds to win the World Series, um, from five percent to a hundred percent to ninety-five percent adjustment. So you get a ninety-five percent adjustment rate. And to see how crazy this game was, is that Adam Duvall hits a grand slam. Um, in the bottom of the first. And that was the first Grand Slam in the first inning, I believe? I or am I thinking of a different game? I don't know. But Okay. It's At the beginning of this swing, it was an 89% chance for, uh, the, for uh, the Braves to win the World Series. This swing brought it to 96%. Okay? And then Houston, by winning this game and flipping the tide, brought it all the way down to like 60%. So that's how much this game changed the odds to win the World Series. Atlanta was favored the entire time because they had the lead, but that that just this change was crazy. All of the big percentage changing plays are in this game because Houston Braves get a grand slam, Houston come back and take the lead, or tie it up. Braves take the lead again, extending their percentage again, and then Houston takes the lead and runs away with it. Crazy game. Um, but yeah, this was the game where everyone was like. Oh, here come the Braves. The chokers come, strike again because yep. um, they couldn't win another bullpen game. And I thought, you guys just won a bullpen game before. How are you expecting to win a bullpen game back-to-back days? It should not be expected. Um, even if it is the clinching game at home, I think it's unrealistic expectations to expect yourself to win the, uh, two straight bullpen games. So yeah. game goes back to Braves. Go hand with me. For me, um, you know, this game, like you said, they were up 3-1 going into this game. This was where people were like, oh, here come Atlanta sports. And not going to lie, I was one of those people, too, like, please do not pull another Atlanta sports moment of choking a big lead. Thankfully, they didn't. Um, So, yeah, and in game six, they put it away quick. They did. That Jorge Soler home run, oh, my God. That ball was obliterated. I saw the video of that. Holy cow. Yeah, I can't believe that ball even landed somewhere. Jorge Soler out-homered the Astros in the whole series. He the did? Astros had The Astros had two home runs the whole World Series. Are you sure? I yes. think no way. The, the Astros only had two home runs the whole World Series. Game one. Uh, I'm looking here. At, I have the box score. Game You're one. right. No wow, they hit both of them in game. Jose Altuve hit both of them. Yeah. Not one other player had a home run for the Astros. That is just insane. But Wow, I didn't know that. Also, just Houston's pitching. Uh, Dusty Baker didn't have the pitch. The, the pitching fell apart. It, didn't, it wasn't sustainable all through October. And as we've said multiple times on the show, Sammy, pitching is what's going to get you through October. Yeah, it is. I mean... The Braves had it. They win a bullpen game. Their bullpen was nasty. Will Smith, former Giant, closes out the World Series. Uh, Max Reed looks disgusting in game game, uh, game six. Um, he, you see that end of the first inning? He allows a couple runners on because of a stupid ground infield singles that didn't go his way. And then he, in order to get out of it, he pumps his fastest pitch ever into the zone and struts off the mound. It was dope. I was... Very impressed with what uh, Max Reed gave us. But the Braves battle back from adversity. That's the entire Braves' M.O. You lose Acuna, like we've mentioned thousands of times. In order to lose Acuna, you trade for the ALCS, M- the NLCS MVP and the World Series MVP. I'm pretty sure that's a good replacement right there. Um, and then losing Charlie Morton in Game 1. That's why I had to throw a bullpen game in Game yeah. 5. 
And uh, that's right. And you could you probably could have thrown Morton in game four, but nope. They they couldn't throw him. Broke his ankle, but he gets a ring uh, again. Um, one with the Astros, one with the Braves. Good for good for Charlie Morton. Um, and uh, Freddie Freeman finally gets his ring. Congrats to him. Twelve years later, he gets his ring. I was reading a very interesting article. I only got like halfway through it, but I was reading a very interesting article from the New York Times last night, talking about how Freddie Freeman. That was basically his way of honoring his mom, who passed away back in 2000. Um, She was sick. I don't remember the exact disease, but um, she was sick and passed away in 2000. 2000, And when she passed away, that was uh, his goal. His promise to her was he wanted to be a good kid. And um, it talked about how uh, his parents were saying that, you know, even back when he was playing t-ball back, 15 years ago, um, or actually even longer than that, when he was playing t-ball. Yeah, 15 years ago, I think, I think you uh, mean like 30 sorry, years I'm, ago. Sorry, I'm, I'm a little bit, a little bit underaging this, but yeah, back when he was in t-ball, like he was playing, he was always, when he was going through youth ball, he was always playing up a couple ages, um, just because he was hitting it too hard. He was just that that much better that playing with his age group was a safety concern. Yeah, I mean... Um, among other things, um, right before the game, uh, Freddie got a text from his wife um, remind, reminding him um, of his mom, something to that effect, um, and that, you know, he didn't think he needed it, but um, it really helped him um, in one of the biggest games, in the biggest game of his whole life. And it's just... Uh, it's just appropriate that he hits a one. The World Series MVP demolishes a baseball. Two. Danzy Swanson, the hometown kid, hits a home run in hometown. He's from Georgia. Hits a home run in the clinching game. Three. The franchise player hits a home run in the clinching game. I think that's just poetic. Honestly. Hey, and not only that, the franchise player who had been with the team for twelve years, mm-hmm. uh, twelve seasons. And had not won a ring yet, but had come close many times. He has won everything else. He gets the final out. He catches it, yeah. He catches the final out uh, yeah. on that ground ball from Swan- mm-hmm. uh, to Swanson. Is it just me, or is the final out always a strikeout or a ground ball to the left side? It's I guess the Astros had that. But like, it's never, of a, the time. never a fly ball. I don't think there's been one fly ball to clinch the World Series the, uh, in, Pablo in my San- lifetime. Pablo Sandoval. A pop fly, but it's still in the infield. Not a fly ball. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Fly ball to the outfield. I've never um, thought of it, honestly. I've never I, thought of it. I, I sometimes watch those highlights, so there's the last pitch of every World Series. Cause I know the Giants are going to be on there, so might as well get some a little bit yep. of enjoyment on there. But, um, yeah, the World Series was really good. Two teams I had, two teams I had losing the in the division series uh-huh. made it. Oh, yeah. Uh, two teams I – the Braves, who I picked to lose every single one of the series they played. I mean, I think – I even think I said – we'll go back on Spotify now – uh, quick shout out to our Spotify. You can get on our podcast now. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go back on Spotify and listen to this. I think th- I think I said, who is picking the Braves in this series over the Brewers? I remember you I saying think, that. I, I think that's what I said. That. So you're welcome, uh, Atlanta, for winning your World Series. My classic jinx strikes again, and you guys can thank me. Yeah. A couple of other things, though. A couple other notes that I want to bring up um, from the fact that the Braves won this World Series. The first is the fact that every World Series since 2014 has been won on the road. And seven... 2013, the, the Giants won on the road, too. So, so, so since 2014 and on. Okay, okay. Gotcha. 14 and on, every team that has clinched the World Series has been on the road. It's unfortunate, really. And eight of the last nine have been clinched on the road as well. Um, 20, 2012, um, 2012, Giants clinched it in Detroit. 2013, Boston clinches it at Fenway against the Cardinals. If you want to go back to 2010, too, the Giants clinched it on the road there. Yep, and then Cardinals clinched it at home in 2011. Are you sh- No, they didn't. They clinched it in a— No, that was at home. We, I, I looked it up before. Are you sure it's not? Because Joe Buck says we will see you tomorrow night. Do they travel? It was a, That one went seven. 2011 yeah. went seven games, and it was uh, it was Cardinals at, at oh, home. Oh, because the Cardinals were playing at home. That's right. Yeah, Cardinals had the home seed. Because the, the stadium goes wild after David Freese hits the storm run. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Giants, 10 um, in Texas. 11, Cardinals at Bush Stadium. That was at home. 2012, Giants clinched it on the road at, in Detroit. 13, 
Boston clinched it at home at Fenway. 14, Giants clinched it in Canton City. 15. And onward, everyone on the road. Yep, and everyone afterwards. Mets in 15, Cubs 16, Astros, Red Sox, Nationals. So, and then neutral site last year and this year. So, that I just thought is a very interesting stat. Would the Dodgers have won it at home if they were not a neutral site? Do they have a better record than the Rays? I believe so. I believe they have the best record in baseball, but I don't remember for sure. So they would have won it. I mean, I guess, screw the Dodgers, right? You can't win a World Series at home. Yeah. We can't win one. You can't win one at home. Giant, Dodgers just can't win in a 162-game season, okay, period. Let's, let's take a break on that. They, everyone had a 60-game season. Everyone had the same chance. The Dodgers came out champions. Um, so that's the first thing I want to bring up. The second thing I want to bring up, shout out Bay Area. Bay Area native from Palo Alto High School, Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, he wins uh, back-to-back. Back-to-back rings he won last year, and he won it this year with Atlanta. So very happy for him. Uh, also, family, also, family sh- friend of ours. Uh, I actually know his whole family. I don't know if I've told you that before. I'm not sure. But Shout out to uh, Panda. Pablo Sandoval wins his fourth ring. Yep, Pablo Sandoval as well. You uh, were talking about Will Smith, former Giants Steve closer. Steve wins the World Series. I mean, the, for a while, the, the Braves were uh, San Francisco East because they had Drew Smiley, Will Smith, Mark Melanson. They had yeah, yeah. all these guys that were just Giants. That was um, a lot. Yeah, I remember that too. So, I mean, they still had a lot of – and the, <laughs> the Braves traded Pablo Sandoval on a player to mean <laughs> – to be named later, PT, PTBNL for the ALCS, the NLCS MVP, Eddie Rosario. So you're welcome. Oh, yep. You're welcome for that one. Paul was about coming up clutch, as always. Um, but yeah, he wins his third World Series. What a great World Series. What a great season, huh? It was. Great 2021. Perfect bounce back season for uh, COVID. A lot of things happening. So many unexpected things. Yeah. Also, I mean, a shout out to. Trevor Plough from John Boy Network. Plouf, Plouf. On March, Plouf, thank you. On March 31st, for those of you who are unaware of what I'm talking about right now, on mm-hmm. March 31st, Plouf goes on Twitter and he says, Braves over Astros in six in the World Series. And look at how that ended up. That was on March 31st, mm-hmm. the day before the season started. Even more so, shout out to another Blaze radio host, Kayla O'Sullivan, host, uh, co-host of First to Home, which airs Tuesday nights at 7. She said on Feb- February 22nd, the Braves were winning the World Series. There is a clip. If you go to the Blaze Sports Twitter, I believe it's bl- at Blaze underscore sports. You can see the audio clip of that as well. I mean, the Braves were a popular choice. I think I had, if the daughters didn't exist, I think the Braves were the favorites in the NL. But... Uh, for completely different fair. reasons than they are now. That's fair. Right? You it, you look at the beginning of the year. You had what could you, you could say is the best hitter in the game in Ronald Acuna, the reigning NL MVP, a really good rotation, and then Soraka goes down, Acuna goes down, everyone goes down. They trade for four people at the deadline who are okay. They're okay outfielders. Soler can't play defense. Rosario it was buried in Twins hell for a while, um, in in, the, in Cleveland hell. And, like, they're like, okay, those are okay outfielders to replace Acuna. It seems a bit of a stretch to me. Why are they even doing this, you know? And now they're World Series champions for completely different reasons than what – or completely different players than what everyone thought at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And also shout-out to their third base coach, Ron Washington, who's been coaching the game for a very, very long time. And Brian Snicker, too. I mean, their manager has been in their organization for, like, 45 years. Yeah. And and both of them – Finally now get their reign, so mm-hmm. shout out to them. Just a lot of great storylines in this World Series. And for me in playoffs and in sports, I've always been a fan of that. I always love those underdogs and just those fun storylines. And especially as journalists, as you and I are going to see as we go through our careers, those are the most fun things to cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Kerry th- was talking about that last yeah. week. I think what's re- another really interesting thing about these World Series recently is the uh, the drought enders. You know, this year you had the Braves, third, third, I think a little over 25 years. Um, and then you had last year you had the Dodgers, a little over 35 years. 33. Yeah, 33 30, years. Yeah. Before, the Red Sox, they had won recently in 2013. But then before that, the Astros, they broke their, they won a World Series for the first time. 2016, you have the most famous streak of all time broken yep. in, in Chicago. I mean, f- four of the last five World Series have been streak, like trend enders, streak yeah. uh, 
like the Red Sox yeah. are the only ones the last that I can think years. of. Yeah, because you can't. I mean, the Royals before that, the Royals broke their streak too of thirty yeah. years. So, so really, had, the Giants and the Red Sox are the only mm-hmm. two. I mean, and then you can go back to twenty ten, and that's like With, sixty years for yeah. the Giants. And then twenty eleven, the Cardinals have a one. They won in two thousand six. Yeah, they had something in the 2000s. I forget what yeah, year. Yeah, I think they had one in 2006. But, I mean, overall, all the recent World Series have been all just straight, like, trend enders. Yeah. I mean, who's next? It Cleveland? Hey, it could have been the Rays last year had the Rays uh, finish yeah, it off. Yeah, whoever won the World Series last year is going to break uh, break their streak, which is, I mean, good for them. Good for baseball getting new teams winning the World Series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, overall, just a positive thing. We don't want to see the Yankees win anymore. Blah. No. Now, although... Their streak is starting. They haven't even been in the World Series since 2009. Yeah, it's been it's been 12 years. I mean, TikTok, Yankees, I gotta get that 28th ring. <laughs> you know, I, I can't remember if we mentioned this on this show before or if this was some, just something that I saw and we never mentioned it. The last New York sports team to even be in a championship was the Giant, the New York Giants in 2011, 2011 2012, whatever it is. Whatever season it was. That was the year the Niners muffed the two kick returns and they lost, the Niners lost in the NFC Championship that year. And that was the first time my team ever lost <laughs> in my in my consciousness <laughs> because the Giants won the World Series the year before. You know, as Bay Area sports fans, we are spoiled. We are. And I was talking to my buddy Connor uh, last week on Friday and we were talking about just how good Bay Area sports are right now. You have the Giants. You have the Warriors that, by the way, just beat the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, they, the game, game's over and they won? Yep. It was uh, 114 to 92 over the Charlotte wow, Hornets. It's a, a killing. So you have the Warriors that are right back to where— I mean, and then I think I'm mostly talking about since the 2010. I think since 2010, the Bay Area has, a te- has had a team in the finals of their sport. Yep, in or every it, sport, even the in, Sharks. Even as disappointing as the Sharks are as a franchise, mm-hmm. they at least made the Stanley Cup in 2016. Yeah. And they're actually playing good hockey right now. So, yeah. shout out Bay Area sports fans. Mm-hmm. So unless about, you're, yeah, unless you're a Raider fan. Well, even the Raiders made, made the playoffs. So, you had 2010, Giants. 2011, the Niners made the NFC Championship. 2012, you have the Giants. 2013, you have the Niners who make the Super Bowl. 2014, you obviously have the Giants. 2015, the Warriors win the Super Bowl. I mean, the Warriors uh, won the championship. 2016, the Warriors won the championship. 2017, the Warriors lose the championship. 2018, the Warriors win the championship. 2019, the Niners make the Super Bowl. And 2020, what happened? I guess that's the last, yeah. But uh, And then also the Sharks in there as well. They made the Stanley Cup. But if we're talking about Bay Area sports now, you might also transition to the, the saddening news that we had today. So... I was in class when I heard this. You were? We were at the end of our guest speaker presentation, but and I get a text. My phone's on airplane mode because I'm recording it uh, for our assignment. And um, I get a text, and I see it on my laptop. It's from my buddy Ethan sending me the tweet from Andrew Baggerly. I don't open it right away, and then like a minute later or whatever, I open it, I'm like, no, no. Buster Posey... Um, as first reported by Andrew Baggerly of The Athletic, um, who's been covering the team, who's covered his entire career in the majors. Um, Buster Posey has announced that he is announcing his retirement tomorrow, um, with, and that will be when the full press con- official press conference and everything is. Um, there, are some, there are some signs of foreshadowing it um, that some people were mentioning that nobody really picked up on, but... And it's just like, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm not saying Buster doesn't deserve to retire. I'm not mad that he retired. I'm not upset that, I'm sad that he retired. But I'm not upset. He just come off the best season of his career since 2012. Yeah. And this is, um, I'm glad to see he's going out after the season that he did. His batting average as a career is now above 300, finishing at 302. Um, Here are some of his other, just here's his career resume. Three-time World Series champion. Seven-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, a 2012 NL MVP. Could be five-time. That's right. He will very possibly win Silver Slugger next week. Um, Two-time NL Comeback Player of the Year, including this year. 2016 Gold Glove, 2012 NL Batting Champion. He only won one Gold Glove? Really? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Um, Exactly 1,500 hits. 
The yeah. final of which was in the final game 162. Do you count the playoffs? I guess you don't count the playoffs then. I don't think it counted the playoffs in this. Um, 729 RBIs, 158 home runs, and 663 runs scored. Mm-hmm. What a career. And yeah. there's nothing. We're both wearing our Posey jerseys in the studio right now. Yep. Um, Buster Posey, in my mind, is 100% a Hall of Famer. Very likely going to be a first ballot. Uh, I mean, in my playing mind. devil's advocate here. Okay, that's just what I do usually, and I I hundred percent agree with you. I don't know if he's a first ballot, but I think we were we were listening earlier. Kerry Crowley says on the radio there has to be someone from the three World Series team that's not Bruce Bochy that makes the Hall of Fame because you can't just leave that era of baseball history out. Absolutely. And the one thread in between all three of them, besides Mad Bum, who was kind of there in twenty ten. Came in 2012, really, and then solidified himself as the best postseason pitcher of all time in 2014. But Buster Posey is Rookie of the Year in 2010, MVP in 2012, and All Star in 2014. And not to mention 2010 NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, which is how I forgot that just <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, he's the thread that makes it. But if you're going to play devil's advocate and not allow him to make it, he has. He his career war is not very high. His home runs are not very. His number statistics are not very high, even compared to his fellow catchers, which is what you compared. You're not going to compare it to a pitcher or a third, a first baseman because they play way longer than catchers do. But his stats are more in line with Joe Mauer. His achievements are more in line with Yogi Berra. You know, that is true. Let me also remind you that he has 14 playoff shutouts that he has caught. That's which is twice as many. which is almost twice as much as Yadi Molina right behind him. Yeah, but I mean that's another. I mean I don't know if they count that as a World Series, the Hall of Fame statistic, but that's just a no. But mark. just an, another mark. Is that a mark of Buster Posey? Is that a mark of how dominant the Giants pitching staff was in 2012, 2010 to twenty fourteen? Um, for me though, what also pushes him over the line as a Hall of as an easy Hall of Fame candidate is who the type of character that he is off the field. Just his very laid-back personality. Um, the fact that um, as media members, um, Kerry Crowley and Andrew Baggerly were talking about this on KNBR earlier this evening. Um, Buster Posey is a guy that if you give him a cliche question, you were going to get a cliche answer. Mm-hmm. Um, Posey really was not that kind of guy. He really liked going deeper. Um, but let's... But, you know, some of the things he's done off the field. He opted out in 2020 due to the pandemic to protect because, his twins. Because he adopted premature twins. Yeah. Like, that in itself is like, the, look at this guy. And get Voodoo Matic down on his hip. Because whatever he did. Whatever he did. <laughs> um, but another story, and uh, being from the Bay Area, you probably remember hearing this. Um, this was a couple, within the last couple years, I forget when exactly this was. But there was a young fan, a girl, she was like, five years old, something like that. She had lost her whole baseball card collection. And Buster Posey then gifted her, I forget how he got all these baseball cards, but he gifted her like 5,000 baseball cards. That's awesome. Do you, I don't know if you remember yeah. that. Um, I mean, to me, that's great. You know, he, he's the biggest member of, he was the biggest member of the Bay community of the last 10 years, right? I mean, at least the sports community, right? That's There's no one that stands arguably. out. I mean, arguably, you, you can count Colin Kaepernick maybe up there. Um, no, I'm, just thinking, for the impact I'm thinking. I'm thinking Clay. I'm thinking Stephen Clay. You, you think so? I mean, I guess in the mass media, but I, the Splash Brothers versus the, the, but I think we, we also he comes up with expectations. He's going to save the franchise, and he saves the franchise. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he does all this, and then I think we were talking about this right before the show. But it's, it's basically he. You go from Barry Bonds, who is the most impactful player of all time, highest war. Yes, he took steroids, but he's the most impactful player of all time when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. You go from that player, who you failed the World of World Series with, to this like twenty-year-old catcher, twenty-two-year-old catcher in twenty ten, and you win a World Series immediately. Right? And Buster Posey, there were very high expectations for him, partly because they had the fifth overall pick in two thousand eight, which is when they drafted him. He moved very quickly through the minor league system. He debuted and in 2009 for Pete's sake. This was the uh. he made his debut in 2009, and he also it was the highest draft pick the Giants had had in a long time, mm-hmm. and so the expectations were high. He exceeded 
those expectations. Yeah, and he's got a lot of parallels to his uh his heir apparent. I mean, the Giants hadn't hadn't had a. I mean, the last time the Giants had a high of pick is Joey Bart was. I mean, Buster Posey. So yeah. it's like, he, here we go. Bart, it's your time. Mm-hmm. See if he steps up. And the other thing with Posey, he was not a. He became a catcher while he was in college in mm-hmm. Georgia. Yeah. He started out as a pitcher and shortstop. Um, so he would go catch eight innings, seven innings, and then go close out games. Mm-hmm. He pitched, he played shortstop, he caught. I mean, that's why he has such a big knowledge of the pitching staff, right? Mm-hmm. He was a pitcher, um, which is just props to him. Now the best catcher in baseball for college baseball is the Buster Posey Award. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, he, he leaves a very big impact on the game. I think the biggest impact he probably has just not in the Bay Area, but as a sports fan, as a baseball fan, is the the best proposal rule. Yeah, uh, sliding into the catcher, breaking his leg in 2011. The MLB said, "That's our next superstar. We cannot allow some stupid people to, to ruin that careers or ruin other catchers' careers." Yeah, and uh, they decided to change the rule. And over, since then, I people were complaining about it at the time. It's like it's not rough enough, but who cares? You're saving people's careers. Safety at the end of the day mm. does need to come first. Um, yeah. As as I think I met, I've mentioned before, we always have safety, sportsmanship, and then the game. And you, know, you got to protect players, especially your catchers, from from nasty nasty slides like that. And that that was especially one of the catchers, right? that was one of the big things of Posey's career too. Is he did have a lot of big he did have a couple big injuries. He had a couple quite a few concussions. Um, he had the hip hip surgery and uh, major hip surgery in 2018. He had the 2011. Injury, which just was also heartbreaking for Giants fans yeah. who were excited. And I think the the mark of his career is he bounced back each time, right? You had 2011, he comes back in 2012, wins NL Comeback Player of the Year, wins MVP, and wins the World Series, mm-hmm. right? And then just now, I think I was shaky on Buster Posey's Hall of Fame career. Even as a Giants fan, I was like, there's nothing there besides the World Series wins. And then he comes out this year, likely wins another silver slugger, Likely, he already won an outcome by player of the year, and he um he led a team who was supposed to win 70 games to 107 games. Absolutely. I mean, and raked, too. Um, Absolutely. So this was the career, this was the year that Mike, yes, but I suppose he still has it. After terrible two terrible years and a year out, he came out and said, I'm a Hall of Famer. Exactly. In 13 games this year, he had 18 home runs. The you mean 130 games? You said 13. 113 games. 113 games. He had 18 home runs. Yeah. And I'm reading this here. 56 RBIs. And his over-under for the season on home runs was 7.5. Yeah. He exceeded. He hit that in the first. Just like every other giant player. In the first month of the season. Yeah. Um, kind of cooled off at some points, but he was stalwart behind the plate. You know? Yeah. I and mean, for me, you know, just part of why this is so sad is because he is one of my favorite athletes of all time. He is such a big part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, I remember a little bit from the Benji Molina days. Um, and remember feeling the same way when Benji Molina was traded in 2010 because the Giants had to make room for Posey. They just, he was doing so much that they couldn't not put him on the roster. Couldn't start him. They couldn't not start him on a World Series caliber team. And sure enough, they did. And, and I think another thing there is they traded away a World Series caliber catcher because guess who they see in the World Series? Yep. Benji Molina, right? They traded away a World Series caliber catcher for the best Giants player of all time, potentially. Yeah. But just the memories that all of us have mm-hmm. of Buster Posey. The 2012 NLDS Game 5 Grand Slam. That's the number one up there. I think that's the um, one for me. I guess, the, I guess no, I'm the number of home runs, uh, the, the, the Oppo Taco in the World Series. This year, there's... There's Honestly, just, the, oppo talk, the the opposite home run, game one NLDS opposite field home run, honestly might top the grand slam for me. Even though the Giants lose that series, they don't go on to win anything this year. It's something I will remember forever. Is that Buster Posey, old wheel like wheelchair basically Buster Posey took a ninety six mile an hour fastball from Walker Buehler and almost put it in the ocean. Yeah, if it weren't for one of the pillars, yeah, I think uh, it would have gone in there. Yeah, which. You know, Nothing, never has been done. Here's the thing about just a side side note of Oracle Park right now. They're building that building in Lot A. The I don't mm-hmm. even know what kind yeah, of yeah. building it is. Parking is. That's a pain I now. think. My dad would say when I went back home 
a week and a half ago that that they're saying that that could potentially be impacting all those right field home runs because it blocks the windy a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Which I didn't think I of thought until it was the he closed, mentioned. It. I thought it was the closed doors at the bottom. Well, there's that too. Uh, they they oh they no they opened those. Not the, no, oh no they, no they you're right them. they did close them. No you're right they did close them. But I mean, and it's also just an improvement in hitting philosophy as well. But mm-hmm. I think a big a little bit of tangent here off of Buster Posey is Giants lose their hitting coach Donnie Ecker to the Rangers. I think that people are underrating that move a lot um, because literally every post game movie I watched was whenever he had that home run the clutch home run they always got it was like. Shout out to Eck, shout out to Eck, shout out to Eck, shout out to Donnie for preparing me, you know. Every time they said, shout out to Eck for preparing me for that moment. And now he's not there to prepare him for that moment. So mm-hmm. who's going to step up? Can yeah. the Giants replace him? Um, the other thing I'm going to miss about Buster is the Buster hug celebrations. Yeah. Um, just that, just that's so iconic for us as Giants fans. I even saw like a minute and a half clip today of like, all the Buster Hug celebrations from the postseason runs, the no hitters, Matt Cain's perfect game. Like it's just gonna it's gonna take a while for us to get used to with seeing a big moment like that and not seeing the Buster Hug. Even Dominic Leone in the postseason this year. Yeah, I think um, that it kind of changed like celebrations because now I saw a thing is that there has not been a dog pile since the. The Phillies did it or something. I saw that same tweet. I, yeah. I, did, I saw that same tweet. And now everybody gives the hug, and then they go mob the teammates, right? No one just jumps on each other anymore. It's just, I got to hug my catcher first yeah. because Buster did it first. And that, that speaks to the legacy and the impact that he had on the game. Maybe that's his Beyond the game itself. <laughs> beyond the game itself. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, my quick question for you is how do the Giants approach free agency now? How do they? This is a huge thing. I, everyone thought Buster was coming back. Farhan probably thought Buster was coming back. Yeah. Cowboy thought Buster was coming back. They were willing to pay him whatever. They, I mean, they probably talked about an extension for Pete's sake. You know? Yeah, they would have given him a, a, a short I, extension. I personally wouldn't have wanted to give him an extension because of Bart. I mean, you can't start a, you can't give a twenty-seven-year-old catcher from the minor. He's twenty-five, but you extend Posey, he's not going to catch for, wow. That means you have to trade him. Um, but I was a hundred percent wanted to pick up his option because then you put Me Bart too. behind Posey you catch you him have behind, that transition year yeah you do and now it's not there so now I have to throw Bart against major league pitching uh with who knows what happens good thing we know is that Casale is a good catcher and catches a lot of games and we win a lot of games with Casale for some reason so I think you go 50 50 with them and until Bart can prove that he is a major league catcher and then you move on to Bart yeah um but yeah it definitely changes the way the Giants approach free agency and maybe change the way free agents approach the Giants. Well, it, you know, Buster was also such a big part, I think, in pitcher development as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, pitchers wanted to pitch him. That's a part of why the Giants were able to get so many pitchers and mm-hmm. and stuff too. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting because every single pitcher, like, has thanks Buster Posey. I mean, Logan Webb's, I mean, yes, they threw the sinker and change up a lot, sinker slider change up a lot more, but I mean, who. Buster Posey says in game one of the world game one and game five of the NLDS, your changeup is filth right now. I can see even though it's not usually the plan we go with, your changeup is working. We're gonna throw your changeup a lot. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers don't expect it. They're off guard. They can't touch Logan Webb at all. You know? Um, so we'll see if Bart can learn how to be a catcher. Uh, no one's gonna expect him to be Buster Posey, but he's gotta learn to be yeah. something like him. One thing Crowley was talking about on his show today, too, that's a possibility. Uh, actually, it might have been Marty Laurie that he was talking to about this, but there's the universal DH that may be in play next year, and we may be seeing Bart as a DH with Casale behind the dish. Because um, Bart, they, in some ways, they think that Bart may not quite be ready as a receiver yet. But then there's there's a lot of better options than Bart in the lineup. That's what I'm saying. Is you're gonna throw Bart behind the plate because again. Because he can play catcher. If you're going to throw someone in the game to play, play DH, it's going to be Darren Ruff for the righty, personally. But that's just me. Um, yeah. I think it's a fiercely time to move on, both emotionally and uh, physically in this show right now. Is moving on away from Buster Posey and on to... Let's talk about their NL West uh, counterpart for a second. The San Diego Padres. Yep. The big news of the week with them. Um, and actually also kind of relating uh, to another team here. Bob Melvin is leaving the A's, and he will be the new manager of the San Diego Padres. And this is a great, 
great hire for San Diego. Finally, somebody who can really hopefully take that team and that roster that's been built and really take it somewhere. And Bob Melvin deserves that. He's already Mm -hmm. been through two rebuilds that haven't gone anywhere with the Diamondbacks and the A's. I mean, the A's went somewhere. They shouldn't go. Yeah, but they never made it past the division series. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, (laughs) is Bob Melvin going to get used to having superstars that could actually get paid? I, I mean, don't know, but in his, he wanted that. Yeah, I think he in his interview it it tells you something about the A's front office in a sense, in the sense that you know we know they don't want to spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a known fact. You know, they were the coin. Of, they were the inventors of Moneyball. They for have a movie about how they don't want to spend money. Exactly. <laughs> but what this is saying is it's saying the impact that that philosophy has mm-hmm. on other people within the organization. Yeah, and I think he takes – I don't know if they were shots because I doubt Bob Melvin has any bit of like remorse or anger towards the A's. But he goes he goes into his, his, his initial interview with the San Diego Press and he says, it's going to be nice to have money. He, he kind of says – he doesn't say it like this, but he says it – he's saying it's going to be nice to have money to play with. It's going to be nice to have – go. To, if I say we need this person, we go get that person. You know, that's it's nice to know that they, he has that ability, yeah, um, to to express for himself. And now he doesn't have to manage like who. I hope this guy works out like the front office says. You know, mm-hmm. because Fernando Tatis works. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt that Fernando Tatis is not a good player. There's no doubt Marisado is not a good player. There's no doubt their entire infield isn't a good player. And he's a master with the pitching, and that's what they missed is they didn't have a good bullpen manager. They didn't have a good Starting pitching, starting pitching manager, especially in this era of the game, you need a good pitching manager. And here comes Bob Melvin, per- perfect for the Padres, bad for the Giants, bad for the Dodgers. We'll see what they can add in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side of that, um, I think this is, a, this is it for the A's. Goodbye. Lock it up. We're done. I think you trade away Manai, you trade away Bassett, you trade away Chapman, you trade away Olsen. You build, build, rebuild, 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 and they probably still are in the playoff line by next year. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if Bob Melvin was like, I'm done. I can't deal with this anymore. You're going to trade away Matt Chapman this offseason. You're going to trade away Matt Olsen this offseason. Let me walk. You know, I think that's that's the point where it's like just just go. Just rebuild for sure. Commit to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other side is that I heard Ron Washington potentially is in for that job in Oakland. I heard something about that too, about Washington getting a managerial position now. Mm-hmm. There's, I think, only two left, and it's Oakland, and I'm forgetting New who... York. Mets. Oh, that's right, the Mets. That's right. Because probably... what's his name? Cone is sweeping yeah. sweeping, <laughs> sweeping a clean they house. They had more front office drama. Their acting GM got fired because of a DUI. And then the interim GM, he... That's what I just said. Clean... Yeah. Interim gem. He no, they, they fired him because uh, uh, the DUI. He got oh, a DUI, yeah. and, and then Billy Bean was a front runner for that. Really interesting. Position. Melvin yeah. leaves, and Billy Bean does not. Yes, and Billy Bean withdrew his name from consideration before Bob Melvin. Yeah. Before the Bob Melvin stuff came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and then with the, then with the Astros with uh, with no, Dusty Baker, nothing, we'll see. I mean, I don't think that's a that's not an opening yet. I think they. It's not. Dusty it's not officially back. an opening now. Uh, I, don't, I don't. If Dusty come, wants to come back, they'll give it the job to Dusty. It's not like they. I think they're going like. to give it to Dusty if they um, if the, if they want. If he wants, I would if, say. If he wants it, rather. But yeah, I mean, we'll, and I think he does. I mean that. He is the back, winning. He has the, the most. Just Dusty Baker has the most wins as as a manager without a t- without a oh, ring. That title, yeah. Um, gosh, I just can't. Uh, it's a tough career. Coming out of retirement and then just going all the way and losing again. Ugh. That yeah. sucks. Sucks so much. I mean, now I want to, now, now I want to relieve the Astros because I don't want to have to root for the Astros. I know. Because screw that team. But moving on to then, Correa, where does he go? But uh, off season, Or do you want to get into awards next? What do you think? Um... Let's talk about the offseason at okay. the end. I know you wanted to make your finalist predictions. finalist predictions. I do not have any finalist production predictions, but we're going to go more in-depth with the awards next week. When I originally said we were going to do awards a week ago, when I originally said we were going to do that today, that's because I thought 
finalists were getting announced this week, with the winners being announced next week. No, I'm that's a week later. So next week, finalists will get announced on Monday, and then Tuesday will be or when no, and then the following Monday is when they'll start announcing the winners. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the off season for a little bit. Yeah, who knows where this one goes, huh? So how does the off season play out here? The CBA ends December first. Um, qualifying offers have to be made um, and decided upon before then. Um, this is going to get very ugly. Um, so here's my thing is like, do you risk, I mean, you know who you want to bring back with the qualifying offers, right? Right. That's kind of for sure happening, but it's like no free agents are going to sign. I mean, I was, it's all the money aspect of things. No one's going to sign anywhere. No one's going to, everyone's going to just be on hold, right? Cause it's like, why would we risk anything? Who knows what the salary is? There going to be a salary cap? Is there going to be a salary floor? Who knows what everything happens? Because it's like, is there going to be a DH? What's going to be the postseason looking like? Are yeah. they going to expand? Which I pray to God, I hope they don't. Um, um, as I was talking about, la- as we were talking about last week, I'd be okay with it personally. I mean, I guess six and six. That's just me, though. Um, I wouldn't want more than twelve, as I've mentioned before. But that's a right. different discussion. Um, but yeah, and we'll definitely be following this. But it's like. What is a lo- I, I want to go into what a lockout is here. It's a lockout is the owners withdraw. It's not driven by the player. It's driven by the owners. If it's driven by the player, it's called a strike. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was ni- that's what happened in mm-hmm. 1994. And yeah, they've had 20, 20, whatever, 26 years, 27 years apiece since then. Um, and Until now last year, realistically. Right? Last year. Last year doesn't count. does not count. Granted, does not la- count. granted last year was unusual circumstances. Mm-hmm. But. As I said right from back then, uh, 15 months ago, it's a very big foreshadowing mm-hmm. for what we are about yeah. to see. You could definitely see where it was like, we're not going to agree to anything unless we get this. And then it's like, if they can't even decide on, like, they don't play, they don't get paid, you know, especially during COVID. If they can't even decide, let's get money, it was what is a lockout going to look like? It was, and during the pandemic, and of course in a pandemic, this is when you don't want to see this of all times. You have 40 million-plus people in your country unemployed, and then you have million, millionaires and billionaires fighting over, mil, fighting over millions mm-hmm. and just fighting over the smallest amounts. And people are like, what are you doing? Why? Yeah. Why are we debating? You guys, are, you guys have the money compared to, here, you got 40 million people that don't even have a job right now. Yeah. I just think, I mean, it kind of comes back to what happens this way. And what's really interesting about a strike versus a lockout is the owners have the power in both situations because if you – hopefully this doesn't happen. But in a lockout, the owners can get new players and go play baseball. In a strike, the owners can get new players and go play baseball, right? It's not the equal on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, so the owners always have the leverage. They always do. Um, no matter what, the owners can always go get all of the minor leaguers and promote them to a major league te- teams and go play baseball. Um, but it's just, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate that we're going to not, we're going to have a really boring offseason until it gets really, really interesting. Yeah. And you know, the players and the owners for that matter are not going to forget the discussions from last year. Nope. They just, they're not. Mm -mm. So yeah, hopefully this gets resolved soon. It probably won't. It's interesting to cover what they're arguing specifically, what they want specifically, what each side needs, what each side wants. Hopefully, we'll get an in-depth coverage on that from MLB Press because I would like th- I would like to see is what are the owners demanding, what are the players demanding? Because you know we're not going to talk about universal DH and stuff like that until the money's figured out. So mm-hmm. they got to figure out the money, and I think I'll hold my uh, MVP award predictions till next week. I have all these written up. Nothing's going to change. The stats are going to change next week, so might as well keep them close to the chest and keep okay. it suspenseful. Did you want to mention your finalists? You had some predictions for the finalists. I didn't know if you still wanted to mention that or... I think... I don't know. I'm thinking close to the... Uh, I'll give a finalist. I'll give a finalist. Okay. AL MVP uh, is pretty easy to me. Otani, Vlad, and Simeon. I think that's pretty... The only one you could argue about is maybe Simeon, but I don't see anyone else taking that spot. Okay. The NL MVP is Harper, Tatis, and Soto. Now, I think these three players are for sure the finalists. I just don't know what order they're in. 
I have no clue. Because yeah. none of these guys play, teams make the playoffs, so it's hard to do even that. So There's I've, arguments for others that you could make, you too. You could. Max Muncy, potentially, but he got hurt a little bit down the stretch and didn't play as well. Uh, Unbiasedly, you could make an argument uh, for... Not as good as... Crawford's not Crawford. as good as Harper, Tatis, and Soto. But you could, maybe, uh, just not up there in war. And then A.L. Cy Young is uh, Garrett Cole, uh, Robbie Ray, and then I thought this was funny, the Lances. <laughs> Either one of uh, Lance Lynn or Lance McCullers. I'm not sure which one it is. Um, hopefully, I get that one right. And then N.L. Cy Young... Uh, Burns, Scherzer, and Bueller are my three finalists for that award. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you want to do Rookie of the Year too. We can definitely dive into that. It's not uh, no standout rookies this year, uh, so I didn't think I, we wanted to dive into it too much. Um, but if you guys think we should, then I'll. I'll I'm trying to think. I don't think. Jonathan India up there. Trevor Rogers for the NL and like. Luis Garcia for the Astros on the other side, but it was a tough one. Definitely ups and down for the. Yeah, uh, I don't. I'm years. trying to think. Were there? I don't. I can't really think of many standout rookies either. No, I guess you can throw Camille Doval in there if you want, but you could. He didn't even perform. I, I don't think. He, so. I think had he had more time. Yeah, I, he was. He was not very good. He, at the end of the year. Yeah, but those are my predictions. Do you have any off the top of your head finalists that you want to throw out there that aren't on my list potentially? Crawford, you said? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, Crawford would be the one you could make a case for. I haven't looked deeply into the awards yet. I'm going to over the course of the next week. Um, I do want to talk about NL Cy Young for a second. Um, two guys who earlier in the year, first half of the season, you could very well, they very easily would have had a case. Two. Um, DeGrom, but the problem with DeGrom is actually DeGrom just, he got hurt Didn't and he qualify. missed. He missed um, a good chunk of time. He didn't get enough innings. Um, but there is a point in time in the season where there is possibility of DeGrom getting MVP and Cy Young yeah, and because he, he was pitch. hitting the crap out of the ball. I he mean, had more RBIs than he had earned runs given up. That was crazy. But, I mean, obviously that doesn't last about the entire year. But DeGrom was just—DeGrom uh, is amazing. He's the best pitcher in baseball. He's going— there's no argument. I mean, you can maybe start to argue against Mike Trout now, potentially. There is a little bit of window space there in that argument for Mike Trout because what Otani did this year, what Soto's been doing, um, all these players. But there's no argument for best pitcher in baseball. It's DeGrom, no doubts, not even close. Yeah, and then Gosman. If Gosman had the second half that he had in the first half, he would have been getting a lot more attention. But yeah. and if Logan Webb had the first half he had in the second half, he would be getting a lot more attention yep. too. Um, so, but you know, oh no, uh, great show tonight, Sammy. Yeah, it was a fun one. Yeah. Great show. We covered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually went more in depth with the World Series than I thought we were going to at yeah. the beginning of the show. But hey, that's okay. That's live sports talk radio. That is the World you. Series, right? I mean, it's the biggest award exactly in baseball. So might as well go in depth into it. Let's finish up here. Uh, fi- favorite MLB moment from the season. Favorite MLB moment from the season. Favorite MLB moment. Um, do you have one off the top of your head? I have to think. MLB as a whole, even the Giants, even from a Giants perspective, it's really too hard to pick. Yeah. There's just so many out there for me. Um, hmm. You got anything? Favorite? Let's go player playoff moment. Let's, I think let's narrow it down a little bit. Playoff moment. Playoff moment. Okay. I think that's a good one. I think my favorite playoff moment um, is, I think... Corey Seager missing the ground ball in game two of the NLCS for the Braves to win. Yep. Or or for me, it's the two Grand Slams back to – the, the Grand Slam fiesta that the Red Sox Oh, had. for the Red Sox. And just how loud Fenway was. That was just unbelievable. What about you? For me, favorite playoff moment. That's not the, the Giants. Ed, that's not the Giants. Honestly, I'm going to go with the storyline of the Braves, just how okay. the Braves kept – Kept going and fighting through adversity, um, favorite, as we've talked about a lot the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Favorite Giants moment for me is the Buster Posey Oppo home run and the reversing in the World Series, but are they, I mean, the LDS. Yeah. yeah. There's so many I could attribute to the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Mike Talkman catches uh, that mm-hmm. ultimately saved the season. Um, yeah. Number of walk-offs. Kevin and Gosman, Sackfly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to beat the eventual World Series champions, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. But let's wrap it up. So... A lot of great stuff today. Thank you all so much for tuning in and sticking with us. This was The Whole Nine on Blaze Radio at blazeradioonline.com. Check us out on Twitter at The Whole Nine ASU. 
Check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to listen back to all of our episodes, including tonight's. And with that, have a great evening. Remedios and Newt, signing off.